Welcome to the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Wynne Leon, and in this episode, I'm talking with artist, writer, and goddess in the making, Libby Saylor. Together, we dig in and talk about her post, really listen to the way we talk to ourselves. And we delve into self-compassion, dating in the mirror of love, and healing wounds from our families of origin. Hi, Libby. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. Let's start with introductions. I'm Wynne Leon. I'm one of the hosts of the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast. And I'm here with Libby Saylor, an artist, a writer, and I love this description. A goddess in, in the making, gracefully stumbling her way through this adventurous life. And we're here to talk about the way we talk to ourselves. Uh, it's based on a post that she wrote that's called Really Wist- Listen to the Way We Talk to ourselves. Um, And Libby, you open that post by talking about the perigee new moon, and you say, there's a lot of intensity happening at the moment, and it's a beautiful time to bring any darkness twirling within into the light to be healed and released. Is blogging a key for you in that regard? Um, Yeah, for sure. I feel like blogging and probably writing in general like at this point now I've been doing a ton of journaling mm-hmm. um there seems to be a lot of darkness to an earth lately <laughs> for me so it's it's not like a new thing it's yeah. it's not just the moon it was like oh this is actually like a daily thing now but journaling and um a voice note recording thing I started doing um talking honestly yapping for me is like pretty healing as well and um the other thing i i think too is when stuff is like ugh inside and i'm like oh god it has to come out somehow like when it comes out into the light i also feel like i'm starting to find ways to just sit with it you know like Ooh. the writing and the the getting it out is like this amazing process okay it's out i'm tr- in truth with it but like also i don't want to just like brush it away or delete Mm -hmm. or whatever. I have to just like, okay, sit with it for a little bit too. So yeah, any tool I have, I'm like going to do. Yeah. So, so that you're not rushing past it. So that you're learning from it. Is that. Yeah. Yeah. The dumping is just the first part. Before I write about it. No, it's very spontaneous. Like before I write, it's almost like I know this is like weird analogy, but like, it's kind of like puking a little bit. Like when you Mm -hmm. feel like, Oh God, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And that's the worst part is like the resistance to, and then the, the writing, the expression, the whatever is like the release part. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of just like part a, and then the other part is just like maybe the recovery or just the, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's out of me. And okay. Right. Yeah. Learning when not to eat. (laughs) <laughs> the next mm. time, right? Yeah, just that. water. And I've just seen water. you make some really cool videos of of like doing your art that mm. seems to mm. be somewhat like you're you're processing, you're putting things together and seeing. Totally. I don't know what, what I'm out. making. Yeah. yeah, until after it comes out, right? Yeah, there's never a plan, and I feel like by doing it that way, I'm not saying everybody needs to do it that way, but if you if you let yourself do it that way. I think it allows for the deeper because it's an intuitive thing. It, mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're not planning, if you're not trying to control it, you're not worried about what's going to come out at the end. Is this going to be a good blog post? Is this going to be a pretty work of art? Like if you just 
just be like, there's so much gunk. I just have to focus on the gunk. Then it's like this intuitive spiritual thing takes over. Mm -hmm. And then, so yeah, I never know like what I'm doing or what's going to come out. I just know something feels icky right now and I have to like get it out and then hope that it's not gross. (laughs) And then you can face it, right? Because then you, then you, so at the heart of the story is this unevenness Mm -hmm. that you've been feeling because of your love life. And you point out that dream boats, and I'm using your word there, (laughs) dream boats bring up insecurities and uncertainties. And I can Uh totally relate to that. Um, Mm. Can you talk about what that mirror of love is for you? Yeah, I love this question. I love hating because it's like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I love the word unevenness. That's such a like gentle but accurate word um the dream boats thing i i also appreciate that you can relate because there's (laughs) already like there's so much shame in me just like thinking about all of this because i'm so Mm -hmm. in the midst of it at the moment so just to hear i'm not the only one losing (laughs) whatever um (laughs) but yeah you know i i would say what i'm learning because i did just recently have a dating experience where i allowed myself to deal with the dream boat yeah. Um, short-lived dating experience, but I, you know, typically, I think because there was this part of me my whole life that deeply knew if I let myself go in that direction, pretty sure I can lose control real fast. Like I just yeah. kind of knew it, and I was such a like proud, dignified person. Or I would see like other women in movies or friends or whatever to like lose themselves. And I was like, that is so horrifying. That is so embarrassing. I never want to do that. Right. So I just kept it at bay by you basically just date people you're not into. That's like <laughs> that's how I solved that problem. Yeah. Although I still all my stuff came out anyway, but just not as intense. So then when I let myself and with the dream boat, it's not like I sought out a dream boat, not at all. It's just, it was a date. We, neither of us had expectations. And then it instant, it was like, holy crap, what is going on here? This is really intense for both of us. Right. Um, And so I just, (laughs) I didn't even know what happened. It just, and I kind of let it, it was really only a couple of weeks. I was addicted i was uh, i mean the dopamine the chemicals are just so delicious yeah i just i lost myself in the purse i abandoned myself you, you all the insecurities come up because you're like oh my god like i don't care if some guy i don't like doesn't like me but right. the dream boat if he's gonna reject me i'm like oh my god so i just um it was and you know my dream I appreciate him coming into my life. Who knows? I I might never see him again. I don't even know what's what whatever, but and I don't need to know, but his presence in my life really set off a chain of self-discovery. I've not it, it's a, an amazing gift. I'm that's why I'm dealing with all this darkness at the moment, but yeah. ideally I would love to be the kind of woman who could stand across from a dream boat and say no, this isn't working for me or Mm -hmm. this hurt me. And, you know, like saying, being a goddess in my body in the face of a dream boat. Cause again, Mm -hmm. it's easy to confront someone that maybe you don't, you're not as attracted to, or you don't respect as what you're like, don't talk to me that way. Cause you don't care 
yeah. whether or not they like you as much. But like to to be empowered with the dream boat is like, wow, I want to mm-hmm. be that woman. I'm mm-hmm. not there yet, but <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I think it's co- I think it's more complicated. I, dating, mm-hmm. I think you're 43. I'm 53. I haven't done a lot of <clears throat> dating, but in my yeah. recent years, but. There's the self-knowledge that we have is so much more than when we were 20 and we we're just like, oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go try this. Right. And yeah. now, you know, you meet somebody and in 30 seconds, you can play out how you think it's going to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> or how you hope it's going to go. Are you, how you hope it's going to go. That's more key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Sometimes yeah. you just dismiss the whole thing. And, yeah. you know, it just is so, I have so much more self-knowledge um Mm. but the whole topic made me think of something that I read from Brene Brown um and she Mm. talked about self-trust and she said self-trust is normally the first casualty of failure or mistakes we stop trusting ourselves when we hurt others get hurt feel shame or question our worth Mm. and I think that yeah I mean doesn't that I mean we stop trusting ourselves Yeah. And that's a huge thing, you know, post this man, it's been about a month and a half since we've, you know, seen each other, dealt with each other. And it's sort of, if you haven't read my blog posts for anyone, it's a sort of TBD. We might circle back with each other. We might, we don't know. I don't know. Um, But during this last month and a half, the self-trust thing for me, and I've been really looking at the self-esteem for mm-hmm. how all this, I was like, I can't be like, this. I can't be this insecure mm. as a woman. It's not going to work in a relationship. Like I need to get a handle on this, you know? So, but the self-trust for me has been so huge because I actually don't trust myself. Even when I'm not in relationships, I tend to really seek out other people's advice. That's just mm-hmm. a me thing mm-hmm. um, to make, choices mostly with relationships because I don't trust myself in love mm-hmm. um I, I need people who know me really well to tell me is this a good choice is this a bad choice and you know with this person I kind of leaned into a little bit like you know what if you choose to go in this direction like that is your choice and you have to that's okay like you don't mm-hmm. you might make the wrong choice and it might be a disaster but like it's so empowering or it's so good for my self-esteem to be like, yeah, but this is what I want or this is what I think I want. And if I'm yeah. wrong, I need to walk through that fire to figure it out anyway. I can't, but it's really adulting because you're like, well, now I can't blame the crappy advice I got or it's me. <laughs> it's all me. But yeah. that's like, the, that's the self-love stuff. So right. yeah, the self-trust is huge for me right now. Yeah. Well, you have this wise practice of of recording yourself when you are speaking mm. unkindly to yourself. Can you tell us more about how, how did you come up with that? Or Yeah. Okay. I recommend this to anyone. And you have to get over the like feeling stupid because there is a little bit of a like, I'm in my bedroom right now, like talking into my phone. Like what? <laughs> like I felt stupid the first couple of times, but I think... I had, I was in such a rough place and I had already like journaled till my hand was about to fall off, you know, and I was, I think I could feel myself saying some not great things to myself. And I just, I don't know, I just sort of spontaneously was like, why don't you just like talk into this thing? And I might've sent a voice note actually to my best friend. And I remember I played it back for myself and I remember 
seeing myself differently when I played it back. So that might have given me like a, oh, why don't you try to do that when you're by yourself? You don't need to be sending him a voice note. Just try it yourself, you know? Yeah. So I have so many voice notes. I have like 300 voice notes <laughs> like in my phone. I'm waiting like six months from now to like listen to them and be like, oh my God, Lib, you are you are lovely, crazy, whatever. But, you know, it's it's really helpful to to say whatever and then play it back because you you know when you're when you're doing it I hear I hear my vulnerability mm-hmm. I hear my emotions I can be shaky and crying while I'm <laughs> or I can just be like you know something where I'm like oh my god that is so wise what I just said or I could sometimes play my play something and make myself laugh because I said something funny and I was like oh my god you're like really funny so it's almost like it's a really great mirror and it's a mirror to just be like, I don't love how I sounded just now, or I love how I sounded, but either way it's me. And I just want to listen with this like love, you know? So I recommend it to anyone. Well, you know, what was really interesting that I loved in your post is that you wrote sort of that very self-critical first Mm. voice. And you, you recorded that. Yeah. And then after listening to it, you went back and talked to yourself as if you were a friend. Yeah, like an antidote. You almost, mm-hmm. but it's like you can't get there. You know, it's really hard to be in a really rough place mentally and then just start being like, Lib, you're great. You're, it's like you almost have to like be honest with how gross you are being with yourself because you can Mm -hmm. really gloss over like the affirmation I'm gonna but like if you're not like really in touch with how nasty you're being to yourself like Mm -hmm. it is hard to love your you almost have to meet yourself at that level with love so if unless you're letting yourself really see how nasty you're being yourself you maybe can't shower yourself with the adequate amount of love Mm, you know so you kind of need to go there in order to like move through it I think you need to know, yeah, you have to meet you with you, right? I yeah. think uh, I, Kristen Naff, who is a self-compassion researcher mm-hmm. that I love listening to, she talks about that inner critic and that we have to meet that inner critic and, and tell her to stand down mm. because she's criticizing. She's criticizing. our. We're trying to criticize ourselves before anyone else does. And she's trying to keep oh. us safe, right? So until... Whoa. Yeah, it's a, such an interesting concept. That inner critic is is really weighing in to say, I'm going to say this to you before you can, before anybody else does. And that's going to keep you safe. And and that's what we need to tell to stand down. And it seems like that's what you're doing with those voice memos. Is yeah. hearing your inner critic and then saying, you know what? I hear you. Mm-hmm. I've got this. Yeah. Or let's right? just like be a little more gentle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then we can give ourselves the same grace we would give other people. Right. Hopefully. It's really hard. It's hard. It but is. Yeah. But not, it, it seems, I think what's brilliant about what you, you wrote about is that we can't do it until we recognize that we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So you and I share an older sister problem. Mm. (laughs) I grew up with an older sister that hated me so when you talk about that raw wound that stems from early on I I, that it it resonates a lot with me Mm. um and I just find myself nodding my head 
has writing about that wound helped you heal? You know, I, I, I think that it's actually a fairly new discovery for me. You know, I spent most of my life being mad at or blaming or pointing the finger at like my alcoholic mother for like creating Mm -hmm. all my issues. And then like to an extent, sometimes the father, you know, but, but wasn't, you know, dad was pretty, pretty solid. Um, And it, it was always about mom. And it's only kind of recently that I was like, you know, my older sister did this or did that. And that was mm. really bad. And mm. that wound is still there. Or like when I hear this be, am called the word annoying, like I could probably cry in public just because, and that word is connected to her. So mm. it's actually really new for me to even be thinking about it. Mm. And I would say the times that I have written about her, um, you know, and we're, we're strange. So I don't know if she reads my, I don't know any, I'm, I doubt it, that she follows my anything, but it's possible. But the times that I have shared about it, I recognize right now I'm at a place where I think it just makes me sad. Like Mm -hmm. it's the sadness of like, oh, and I, you know, I think I wrote a post about music maybe a year or so ago. And I associate so much of my love of music and dancing and pop culture and singing all with her and my relationship with her. It was a very positive super positive part of our childhood and relationship. And so it just makes me sad that all of this is happening. But so I don't think I've really started. I'm at the very, very beginning of the process. I would say blogging and writing might be a direction that I go in, but I actually really, I don't know. It's so fresh for me. Interesting. You know, when, when I was growing up and my sister was four years older than me, my my parents, my mom in particular, always like if there was an issue, she always had this. You know, it's both person's fault. She she had this. Okay, yes, know, never sure. it's yeah. never just one of you. And I, which I now that I have kids, I I I agree that there's get it. everybody contributes. However, I recognize, and this is a lot from reading you, that the fact that she just didn't like me. Mm was not my fault. And, you know, I look at how yeah. life has turned out and I've, I've seen that in advance, but the, you know, the, the top, the being a small person with somebody that just hates you or doesn't mm. like you or calls you annoying there, there's a, there's a deep wound there. Let's lose, lose. Like you, you're just a little yeah. person. You have nothing to stand on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, it sort of goes way beyond just, you know, the, any particular issue or, yeah, I don't know. Just one thing when you were talking about it, I don't know if you believe in, I don't know, past life or things like that. But mm-hmm. I always think about sometimes when you're so young mm-hmm. and someone is just treating you in this way that, you know, because you're so innocent at that age, even if you're acting in a certain way, it's like, where does this come from? I always mm-hmm. thought with her, maybe we had some kind of past life dynamic because also, mm-hmm. you know, I was lined up with a twin sister. Like there were two of us the exact same age, but for whatever reason. And of course we had different personalities for sure. And maybe it yeah. was just that, but sometimes I'm like, did, did we just have some terrible relationship in a past life that you're yeah. Yeah. taking it out on me now? Cause you're so triggered by this little baby who, who hasn't, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. sometimes I think about that, but it doesn't help. It doesn't, it's, it happened and it, and it hurts and yeah. you know, yeah. you just have to work through it. Yeah. Well, you seem fearless about facing down fears and 
reaching for growth. Have you always been this way? <laughs> I I feel like I kind of have. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like even very little. And I think that I number I mostly instinctively think I knew this is a really efficient way to heal something. And I remember mm -hmm. being really little and being like, what's happening in my childhood is bad. Like it was very mm -hmm. obvious. This isn't good. Like this isn't what it should be happening to a small child. Like I knew that. And I remember thinking, but I want to be happy someday. So if I'm going to be happy, I need to start like looking at this stuff. Or, like I was really like trying to be on top of my issues, like from a very early age. And I just <laughs> feel like the leaning into it is, it just moves. It's, and I, I think I was just like, I can handle the pain and the discomfort of facing something. Mm. I'd rather do that than just be in my stuff. And I thought about, I was like, I had, and this is like an astrological tangent, but like I, my Saturn is in Virgo. Virgos mm. are very anal retentive, super on the ball. And I think, I don't know much like astrology people, sorry if I'm misquoting, but like Saturn is your like, check all the boxes, have the clipboard, do what the right things that you're supposed to do. So if that planet is in Virgo, I'm like, it makes sense that I'm like, I'm going to handle my issues like as efficiently as possible <laughs> and just do the right thing every time. Um, yeah. So I've always been that way. Um, I don't know why I still have so many issues to work through <laughs> even after doing that, but yeah, yes, I think I, I have been. That is that. I mean, it's just fearless and it's just beautiful for, Aww, you know, stepping you. up and, and uh, are there, you know, you talked a little bit about music from your childhood. Are there songs, movies, writers that kind of inspire you? There, music, I can't even talk enough about music. And, you know, because I'm a visual artist, I always think about, I know it's weird, but I always think, what is the point of me making art? Because I don't mm -hmm. see how it like saves people in the way that music has saved me. There mm -hmm. are countless, countless, countless times where I'm in the car, I'm uh, I'm lost and I'm asking for help and a song saves me. And it could mm -hmm. just be um, a message of hope or just a, an artist that I've been listening to for 20 years and I just know I can trust her, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody from like Florence, Florence Welch mm -hmm. is a huge one because she's such a, I feel like she is like the love addict type of person. Like she can get so obsessed with the and go into the, and she's, and then she can make a fool of herself and be in a shame spiral. And she sings about all of that. So I love Florence for that reason. Yeah. I mean, I could list so many. I mean, I'm a, such a, a Christina Aguilera. There's so many times I've just been like, yes, I'm going to be, you know, Alanis, <laughs> all the like strong women, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many music. I don't know what I would do without it. I'm so grateful <laughs> that musicians do what they do and I think yeah. that they have to live through their pain in order to write the songs that they write mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. thank you yeah. yeah yeah it makes it seem less lonely when when we have to oh, live yes. through our own pain right yeah so if you could script the next year of your life what would it look like and I have two part this is a two-part question okay. and if you were given the choice as to whether you could script it or not would you do it 
Okay. Um, I, I don't know why this question oddly triggers me, but like, I, I like it, but it's like, it triggers me, I think, because hope is such a, such a scary thing mm -hmm. when you're like kind of a mess and when you're mm. in a bad place or, you know, my, my search for a successful love relationship goes back decades and I'm still, I'm still not there. So at a certain yeah. point to be hopeful about it is in, you have to be incredibly vulnerable to feel hopeful, mm -hmm. to keep having hope after all these years, you know? Yeah. Um, so so I think that it's hard to like think about, oh, if I could, you know, how many times have I scripted my life and made a vision board and have it not go that way? You know, although yeah. I do, I do swear by vision boards. I really do. Cause I think they, if you do it the right way, they can be really effective, powerful tools for scripting mm -hmm. your life. Actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say to answer the question, I would love to be in a working relationship with someone mm -hmm. who I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Not someone that, oh, they're a safe choice, but I kind of don't like them. Like somebody who I, I actually enjoy and who actually enjoys me. Yeah. And I thought about this today. I was like, okay, I got issues. I'm finally honest with like all of my issues. Best case scenario is I meet I could meet another person who's got equal amount of issues because I've broken the fantasy of like, Lib, you're amazing. You just have to find an amazing person. Like, no, no, <laughs> Lib, you're a mess. That's Okay. <laughs> Just find another another mess, but who's in recovery like you are, you know, like who's who's working, who we have our messes, but like we know how to talk about it. We know how to work through it. You know, I feel like for me, that's best case scenario. Um, but to just to have that, you know, and yeah. I think just as a specific, I would love cohabitation. I, I enjoy living with a person. It's it's comfortable. It's nice. It's great. I never don't like you know, cohabitating with a partner. Okay. Um, everything else in my life, I really have been working on for years and I love it. And it, yeah. I love my job. I love my art. I, my friendships are amazing. My family is great. It's just like my love life is so out of whack. Um, so yes. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, if you're a mess, I want to be a mess too, because you oh, seem well. to be doing it awfully well. <laughs> oh, well, and, okay. Well, first of all, you probably are a mess too, FYI, because <laughs> if you're a human being. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. The other thing that, you know, my seven-year-old daughter says a lot, and we talk about this when she says, I don't have this, or I, I want to do this, I, sh I can't, she can't play pickleball, and we mm. well, we'll always say, and it sort of speaks to that whole hope element. You can't play pickleball yet. <laughs> Love that. Yes. So your vision uh, boards, everything that's there. It's, yes. It's coming. You just haven't. It just hasn't worked out according oh my to God, your when You're the yes. best. Thank you. You know, and have you ever heard that God, that God quote about you? You ask God for something and the answer is either yes, mm -hmm. yes, but not yet. Or no, because I have something better. Have you ever heard that? It's <laughs> a good one. Isn't that amazing? It's like, oh, um, yes. I love that. I love that. I do too. I do too. So I, um, I have enjoyed this conversation just immensely with you. Good. Um, Me I too. think you're you blog on sharing uh, the heart of the matter, mm -hmm. but right now your other places to find you are Instagram. Yeah, it's mostly Instagram. I, you know, I do have to say my, my goddess attainable blog is 
paused at the moment because I'm mm-hmm. figuring out what direction I want to take it in. But I'm still making art and mm. Instagram is the main place that I post it. So um, mm. Instagram just at Libby Sailor is how you can. That's the best way to find me. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes so people can okay. find your beautiful goddess in the making self. Aw, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time today, Libby. You're Such welcome. so man. fun to talk to you. Same. Thank you for listening. Our music is with a little help from our friends by Lennon and McCartney. Performed by Carolyn Leon. Please visit our website, sharingtheheartofthematter.com, for show notes, resources, and more great inspiration.